It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. A fine pair brought to you by Shane Holmes. Paired homes that keep your neighbor's noise on their side. It's Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. I'm Beckler. Uh, Shauna was here on the show today. She just had to take off a bit early. They're doing something at her apartment and she had to go. Uh, let them in. So she, you'll you'll hear her throughout the entire show. She just had to take off before we got a chance to uh, to do this part of the podcast. Remember last week on the show when I was telling you that like some weeks you just have more good stuff to talk about than you have time for. I'm finding it to be a bit of the opposite this week. I've been uh, <laughs> I've been struggling to to come up with some good stuff. Sean has brought some good stuff to the show, so that helps. But. Um, always appreciate when you send stuff our way too. Anything you come across that you think might fit on this show, that's greatly appreciated. We're going to talk about, well, we got a heritage moment because it's Wednesday. Some tips to make your butt look better. Some tips to save some money. Another tall politician. You know how I feel about tall folks. Um, whether or not we should be talking about people's bodies at all. This We had a pretty good discussion today, which was inspired by uh, a post a friend made. Uh, we're going to talk about the goat of clips that we've played on this show. So if you're if you're an old Venus head going way back, if you've caught most of the episodes, you'll appreciate this. And yesterday, the provincial government announced some inflation relief in the form of this affordability package. So we got into that as well. First, your out of context clip of the show. Are you having fun yet? V and S in twenty minutes or less. So I came across this clip from the ski archives recently, Beckler, and it was shot at Lake Louise, and it's talking about snowboarding. It's kind of right when snowboarding was brand new, and everything about this clip is absolutely hilarious. Like the outfits look like a joke. Like when you see people in those eighties one pieces, they are all wearing that, but not ironically. And then they have the headbands. Every single one is like bright neon headbands. Right, everything about it is hilarious. Uh, I wanted to play you some of the highlights because some of the terminology used is is amazing. And then it gets to some music and oh my god! Is this the one where the guy with the mustache is really upset about snowboarders? No, on the hill? no, because that's a very famous clip. That's right? a, yeah. that's a classic. I've seen that one lots. No, this is a reporter that's just talking about snowboarding and how exciting it's become. So snowboarding has become big business. Everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. Listen to that terminology. Listen to this music. Oh, yeah. U.S. champion Kevin Delaney earns up to $40,000 a year riding on Burton boards. Also, $40,000 a year is what they were earning. Uh, Snowboarders these days making a hell of a lot more than that riding for Burton snowboards. Oh, yeah. A few years ago, it was difficult for snowboarders to find a ski area who would even allow them on their slopes. Now, over 450 ski resorts in North America are welcoming the riders. That was just the first time that they were allowed because, of course, before that, snowboarders weren't even allowed on the... We have a few uh, friends of the show who are Gen Xers who, like, remember snowboarding before yeah. it was allowed on the hills and, like, sneaking on and stuff. Which is so great. Like, yeah. they used to hike up to snowboard yeah. back down on the hills, and that was not that long ago. And then just listen to this dude. Oh, that was a raddest run. We busted a 540 crail, stale fish, lean, method, mute. Everything happened together. We were rad, shredding, and bio. Okay. The guy's trying too hard. He's trying way too <laughs> He's hard. Trying way and too if hard. you see him... <laughs> When he said all that, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, you need to take a step back. He's got like a fake cool guy accent on. Like, 
You wonder why you weren't allowed on the resorts because you'd show up in your ridiculous outfits and you'd say this. Oh, that was a raddest run. We busted a 540 crail, stale fish, lean, method, mute. Everything happened together. We were rad, shredding, and bio. Holy man. You're from Calgary. Why are you talking like yeah, that? Yeah, you sound like, what, what kind of accent is that? B and S in 20 minutes or less. Well, if you missed Premier Danielle Smith's address to the province last night, uh, she talked a bit about the economic relief coming to the province. Yep. Uh, you know, she spoke about the Sovereignty Act and, um, you know, some small changes for Albertans who are on disability or income support, uh, the gas tax relief that's going to remain in place. But the big story was this uh, this $600 that families who have either kids under 18 or seniors are going to receive over a six-month period. And she didn't say exactly when that's going to start. No. Um, but if you have kids under 18, for each kid, you'll get $100 checks for six months or $100 payments. Same thing for seniors. Uh, that's if you're in a family that makes under $180,000 a year. Right. Uh, and I think many people are looking at that and saying, okay, great. And, you know, it's going to cost $2.4 billion. And they're taking it out of the budget surplus that the province had, which was $13 billion. So there's, there's money for it by the sounds of it. Um, but a lot of people were wondering why childless people were left out of that. Yeah. I'm one. I'm one of those. You are one I of those. I don't have children. Uh, I don't. Then I'm not getting these checks. Because you know, heading into this, so. there was speculation that maybe the province would do something like Saskatchewan's doing, where they're sending out what they're calling Mo Bucks after Scott Mo. Yeah. Um, Five hundred dollars to every. I think every resident over eighteen in the province, kind of like we did with Ralph Bucks here back in the day. Yep. There was even a name for it, Danny Dollars. People were calling it, but it didn't turn out to be a full Danny Dollars program. No. It's just for seniors and people with children. I, so, too, am dealing with the rise in affordability of everything. I don't understand why I'm excluded well, from this. And especially like if you're that. a childless person, you know, a childless younger person who is lower income. Yeah. You know, it's still if the, the cost of everything going up has affected you as well. Mm hmm. So yeah, I find it odd. Did she ever explain why? Like she didn't. There was speculation online last night. I was looking at uh, economist in front of the show Trevor Toomes' Twitter feed, and he mm -hmm. was saying that this actually isn't uncommon for. He, he thought it might just have to do with like the political value of young people. He said like you know kids are politically more valuable, and so are seniors than okay than younger people. Cool. Um, and he said that's fairly common with governments. Um, and then other people were looking at like you know, the demographics of key ridings where there might be battles in the upcoming election and how that breaks down, whether, you know, the government might need votes there. So there's all kinds of speculation as to why young people were excluded from this. But um, Trevor also pointed out that it wouldn't have been that much more expensive to include everybody. So, or if they just don't want to look like they're driving up inflation, you know, because the premier was very critical of the federal government spending for, you know, for contributing to the affordability crisis and inflation. Politics so, drive me bananas this way. It's all just about politics. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, what uh, what benefits us best? It really doesn't have to do it for the good of the people. It's like, oh, this will help us in the future election. So let's do it this way. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, I, I think this money will help. Lots of people in that position. For those who I mean, are qualified, for sure. You're yeah. right, and it does affect young people too. But if you're in a family of four, especially a lower income family of four, mm -hmm. say, then those, you know, the affordability crisis times that by four, yeah. right? So, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm happy for the families that will receive it, definitely. But I also feel for you know, especially lower income childless people who are left out of this because I'm sure 
I'm You're sure, also struggling. Yes, things are tight for you. Too. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. So my boyfriend has TikTok, but he doesn't have anything on his profile. Like no photo, nothing, no videos. He he just kind of uses it to watch stuff. Is that weird? I don't think so. Do you need a profile to watch TikTok videos or do you? That's a good question. I don't, I guess you maybe don't, but he does have one. He just has absolutely nothing on it. I always find like egg profiles on Twitter a little creepy though. Like I know they've cracked down on those, but remember when those profiles would just kind of like something and there'd be nothing to the profile, just yeah. be an egg. And so I was like, who are you? You're just kind of lurking there. You and know, you're. With all the issues we've had with bots and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's especially, I, whenever I see an egg, I'm just like, that, nah, whatever. Totally. You know, sometimes. An egg has come after me for something I've said on the air. I was like, you're an egg. Like, put, put your real name and your face on it's it fair. or I'm not even paying attention. Like, yeah. I just, I don't know. I saw this pro and I was like, you're just kind of lurking then. So you're just hanging out there with no profile and you're just lurking on videos. That's what you're doing on TikTok. There's a little gremlin like, hello, I, I like this. You know, not everybody is a is a creator though, right? Not, not everybody wants to create content. It's true. And that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. You don't have to. No. You're not under any obligation to make a video and post it. But then like, why put the profile together at all? So that you can follow people, maybe? So, so then you're just a lurker that follows people and everybody tries to look back at you and they're like, we've got nothing on you, but you're following me, eh? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Who are you behind which, there? Okay. Well, which I don't... I mean, if you're trying to build an audience on those platforms, then that's fine, right? As yeah. long as someone's liking your videos and stuff. I suppose so. I just thought it was... Okay, so I'm the only one. I thought it was a bit weird, but... Okay, I'll, I'll tell him he's safe then to keep his non-profile profile around. Is he following people? Good question. Take a look at who he's following. Yeah, Maybe that's... that's <laughs> have a good look at who he's following. Well, he's and told then... me about some of the videos that pop up for him. I'm yeah. like, mm-hmm, I can see what you're liking. They like, got him figured out, Oh, they? they sure do. Yeah, big <laughs> boobs, really. VNS in 20 minutes or less. Yesterday on the show, we played the, uh, the truck supercut. Yeah. Which I'll never... Uh, Never pass up an opportunity to play again. Gets me every time. It's a lot of trucks, yeah. Um, and I was thinking about over the years on this show, you, there have been clips that you and I have gone back to several times and we play it again and again. I was trying to think like what the goat of clips from this show would be. Oh. Like you got to think way back. I have a terrible memory, so this is not good for me because nope. I I don't remember anything really. I don't remember what we say earlier on in the show when I get home later. So I can think of some of some of the ones that we haven't played in a while that I really liked. Yeah, remember the one time that Mike Babcock said this? Yeah, well, they got big asses. Yeah, right. That's a great one. <laughs> I liked that one mm-hmm. in the same vein. This one has always been one of my favorites. Six five measured. Yeah. That's true, and he's three oh five. Those totally. measurements right there are. He's got good girth. He's got a good looking body. He's got a body. It's a real body. It's not a. He's not. He's got no flab on. Him. He's uh, he's a real good looking guy. That's, That's what you the one want. I thought of for sure. That's what you want. <laughs> I love that. There are some that we haven't played enough, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, uh, are you having fun yet? Remember oh, that yeah. one? Or uh, thanks a lot. Keep a tight ass. Keep a tight ass. That Keep guy. tight ass. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was trying to find the call. This was, I think, back when we did the afternoon show, where that woman was really upset that we didn't believe the earth was flat. Oh, yeah. And she kept telling you to do your own research. I totally find... forgot about her. I know. We used I know. to call she was her great. quite a bit just to play her back. Do I, your own research. I've got to have it saved here she somewhere. She was not a fan of no, me. you'll have to do your own research. She kept saying. You have to do your saying, own research. Oh, that's good. We should bring that back oh, more often. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, um, 
Wow. Well, can you think of any others? I got I got one that I could think of that I just yeah. I, I'll play at any opportunity, and this is well. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That's when I when you scared, scared me real bad. Yeah, yeah, and you just had it was it wasn't a very threatening boo either, and you freaked right out. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of my personal favorites for sure. There's the Matt Berry dong song, right? right? Which we played yep. about Matt Berry's giant dong, mm-hmm. uh, and then also I think we've we've played this one a ton too. Remember? Yeah. saxophone solo ever. Oh, it's the same going. note over and over. Could jump ahead. <laughs> there it is. Oh, this makes my day every time. So I don't know which is the goat, but there's oh, some good choices in there. there is. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I found the clip of that woman with the Do Your Own Research. It was from uh, 2016. This was her. You'll have to do your own research. You'll have to do your own research. You'll have to do your own research. It was a longer call. I just picked out the uh, the parts where she said that. Who would have thought that that would go on to become such a meme, especially during COVID? This is the other thing I noticed going back through some of these old clips is that there's stuff from like early 2020, so like the beginning of COVID, um, that I remember very well from the show. But some of it seems like it was yesterday, and some of it seems like it was many years ago. Like, there was some serious time dilation that happened during the pandemic. We're talking about our friend who says he thinks you should be able to dock two years off of your age. So if you're 30 now, you're actually a COVID-28. But there is some real truth to that because I have a hard time remembering now what happened when and it was all thrown out of whack by those two crazy years. The BNS in 20 minutes or less is brought to you by Shane Holmes. Move in sooner to one of Shane Holmes' quicker possession duplexes. Starting from the 490s, these 1,624 square foot paired homes feature large bedrooms and next level soundproofing. For more info, visit shaneholmes.com. Shane Holmes, the better way to build. The BNS in 20 minutes or less podcast. We laugh a little bit in this radio program about how sports commentators... Um, the way they talk about players sometimes is, is a little bit funny. Sometimes sounds a little bit dirty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they can talk about players' bodies in a strange way, you know? Comes off a bit bit weird talking about good girth and having good steak asses on people. And I think it just comes with the territory. Being I think a, so. You know, a physical medium. So Totally. Yeah. Uh, I thought you'd like to know that soccer also has some terminology that sounds a little bit dirty. Okay. Uh, yesterday I was listening to a commentator, and or sorry, it was the coach of Belgium. Uh, and he was talking about Canada and Canada's team, who, of course, they're going to be competing against. This is what he said. Straight away, you know that this generation has something very, very special. They love to to open their legs and, and use the big spaces. So we give them huge uh, respect. Hmm. They love to open the legs and use the big spaces. They love to open their legs and... They love to to open their legs and, and use the big spaces. Nice. I would have chose my words a little differently. I but, maybe would have yeah. as well. But, I mean, again, this is just... I heard that and I was like, you know, it's nice It's nice to know that it happens across the board. Yeah, sports, it's like universal. Every sport has a, a very strange way of going about describing things and players sometimes. You know, and a tournament like the World Cup brings the whole world together. It does. And we can all also bond over the fact that we talk a bit weird about people's bodies. Totally. Sports. Yeah. It's great. V and S in 20 minutes or less. A friend of mine shared this article uh, about this woman, and the article was titled, This Mom is Encouraging Everyone to Think About How Body Compliments Can Be Potentially Harmful. Interesting. So and that kind of caught my eye. Mm-hmm. So uh, the woman in question, she's an Instagram 
influencer celebrity type. Her name's Sarah Nicole Landry, and she's got 2 million followers on Instagram, and she's described as a body confidence advocate. And uh, the gist of the article and then the post that it was based on from this woman is that some women will get compliments after they've had a baby about how their body bounced back, about how good they look, or they don't look like they had a baby. And she was arguing that, this is her quote, I can't help but see the damage this could cause all the readers, the future birthers, and the woman herself, a body seen as her greatest achievement and the silent threat of losing that with time or change. Hmm. Your thoughts on this, Shauna? It's a lot to digest. It is a lot to digest. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of see where she's coming from, though. Like, women can't help but compare their bodies to other women's bodies. And I know we're trying to get away with that, but, like, growing up, that was kind of what we did. You know, everybody was always like, oh, I, I need that perfect body and the media. Like, you know, there, there's all kinds of, obviously, controversy regarding how that used to happen. And we're, again, trying to get away from it. But if you comment on how good somebody looks, let's say they're... Like in the throes of an eating disorder of some sort. Mm-hmm. And disordered eating is so much. Like people who count calories, like you can cover that in all kinds of ways. But when you do that, it actually makes it more difficult for that woman to get out of that. You know, like. She sort of mentioned this because she said that the, the point in her life when she received the most compliments about her body was when she was at her lowest, actually. Yeah. So. Or unhealthiest for a yeah. lot of women. And that's kind of what happens. And it's tough when you give a comment to somebody like that and. They're like, well, this isn't sustainable. I'm, mm. you know, I can't do this. That really, it does hurt. So I could see in that case, or, you know, as you said, for somebody who just gave birth to a baby and you compliment on one person who maybe is like, oh, yeah, you look right back to your pre baby weight. And then maybe you the didn't. The next person doesn't. And, you know, a lot of people's bodies changes and they don't go back to that pre baby weight mm-hmm. and that should be okay but women don't see it that way like even if they still look great and people still they are like well I want to get back to that right that's when I got the compliments and I'm never going to be that again and that could be depressing for a lot of people too especially post baby mm-hmm. when you already have other issues that you might be dealing with so yeah like I can't speak to this from a woman's perspective or from the perspective of someone who's had a baby obviously but you know I think about it like if our boss walked in here and was like Shauna great show today you did great and then walked back out I'd be like Oh, right. <laughs> you know, but I also don't want to like, I don't want to live in a world where we're not able to acknowledge compliment compliment people yeah. and acknowledge people's hard work and stuff, because there are a lot of people that, that really work hard to look a certain way and they're proud of it. And you know, like, I can think of, I can think of every compliment I ever received about, you know, my work in the gym. Yeah. And I can remember the person who said it and what they said. And it, you know, I did, it, it meant a lot to me. Yeah. I really appreciated that. It could and, be damaging down the line if you get out of that shape. Could be. Uh, and you might think back to that in, in, in a way. And that's, you know, also something that you have to work on mentally yourself. Everybody does, right? Right. And so that's the other side of it. Um, but that being said, uh, I think it's important to maybe be conscious or conscientious of that type of thing. Because also there's a lot more to people than just their bodies. So I know if you are th- going to compliment people, then maybe round it out. You can compliment in other ways too, not just on their physical appearance. There is the school of thought that you should like really never say anything about any anybody's body, pr- positive or negative, right? But yeah. like I could, I don't know. I have a hard time squaring that with yeah. you know the compliments that I've received and yeah, know, I think that's a little extreme for so, sure. But yeah, you're, you've got a great body. If people come up to you and say that, exactly, that's creepy. <laughs> Maybe that's how we should handle it. Nice body. I like your body. V and S in 20 minutes or less. So about a month ago, the province of BC got a new premier. 
Um, we didn't talk about it at the time, but it was kind of the same thing that happened here. Like John Horgan and his thick neck stepped, right. stepped down as premier there, and then yep. the party chose a new leader who then became the new premier, same as we did with Kenny and Danielle Smith. Mm-hmm. Does the uh, new premier have a thick neck as well? He doesn't. Even better, uh, he's six foot seven. Oh, wow. Yeah, his name's David Eby. And the tall man. He's the guy they picked. He's you know my fascination with tall people. Sean. Yeah, he's a long one. Yeah, mm. <laughs> long and tall. Long, long one. Six seven. That's noteworthy. Yeah, that's a uh, that's, that's noteworthy height. You know, that's where you mention it. I think totally. Uh, in my opinion, at least, his Wikipedia page doesn't mention mention it once. Nor does his official bio on the government's website, which I was disappointed in. That's too bad. I we were talking with- about this before, how athletes all have their, you know, height and weight listed, yes. and I think everybody should. Why I not? I think so, too. Not just athletes are pieces of meat. We all are. Right so. off the top. Yeah. David Eby is six foot seven. Yeah. David was born in Kitchener in this year. You'd like- probably get some support just from that alone. Six, I- seven. Oh, man. Well, I mean, there's, a, I think there's quite a bit of research to show that, like, tall people traditionally do better in politics, and mm-hmm. so, I mean, this guy's six, seven. There you go. Um, the only reason I know this, too, is because a reporter tweeted a photo of the box that everybody else has to stand on when they're doing a press conference with him or a speaking or any That's of the other speakers. Really There's a box at the podium that they all have to get up on because he's that much taller than everybody. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I can tell you, if I were a reporter, I'd be asking about that. I would be asking about that at every opportunity. His his height? S- can you dunk? I don't... <laughs> I don't really care this about your about, policy. Tell me more about how tall you are. Okay? This is about affordability in the province. <laughs> yeah, but can don't you dunk? <laughs> what kind of sick dunks can you do? Show us. VNS in 20 minutes or less. I just got this ad targeted to me on ways to save money. And it suggests having what they call an accountability buddy. And it's described as somebody who you can check in with once a week or that you can call if you're about to make an impulse purchase. And I mean, it's a good idea uh, in theory, I think, but that seems a little bit much, doesn't it? Not to mention that a lot of impulse buys that are made are kind of late at night or maybe after a few. And you want me to call up an accountability buddy and be like, guys, who who is this ad from? It was from one of the money saving. I I I don't even know. So it wasn't very effective. But I mean, they were giving good tips or they were trying to. And this is what they came with is an accountability buddy. I sort of have an accountability buddy in that I don't spend any money without checking with McKenna first. Like anything over a hundred bucks. I'm like, hey, can I spend this money? Yes. And I think a lot of people who are in relationships or paired up, they do have that, right? You don't just go and spend money on your own because you will get in trouble by your partner. So it's kind of built in, as you say. But I was just envisioning this and I'm like, there's... There's a lot of late night purchases that might happen on Amazon, and you're telling me you want me to call up a friend at this point and be like, guys, I need your help with this, Sharon. Sharon, I'm about to do it. I don't think the I'm reason that the, I don't think the reason that people are struggling right now is because they don't have an accountability buddy. <laughs> Shauna, gonna, take take three deep breaths and go for a walk, okay? I'm gonna fill up my gas tank. <laughs> it's empty. I'm gonna fill it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. You're crazy, man. Please help. The BNS in 20 minutes or less podcast. This video popped up on my feed yesterday. It was actually from a chiropractic clinic here in town. Uh, and the dude on the video was claiming, he said, this is, quote, having no bum or a flat bum is something that isn't indicated by posture, especially while running. And then he goes on to explain how the tilt of your pelvis changes which muscles are activated mm. while you're running. Interesting. So, like, how you tilt your pelvis makes a big difference in how you're your bum appears 
How your corn cave shows. That's right. Oh, interesting. How your, uh, how your second whistler pops there. So I was in the squisher goes. I was okay. in the mirror last night, kind of practicing. Try check. I'll show you here. Just checking out like the different. So if you tuck your pelvis in, then you don't look like you have much of anything there, right? Oh yeah. But if you, you got no thunder can out there. What's oh, yeah. the, who, whose big old cement truck is that? Look at that, Gary. That, look at that, Gerald Butts. Look at that, Leather Penny. He <laughs> <laughs> can. Uh, so that's good to know. I just thought there's a, you know, there's a way to get a bit more of a doof and schmertz on you if you. You can really enhance your pucker panther yeah. if you just put that pelvis out. I mean, going through all the squats and stuff is a lot of work. It's a uh-huh. lot of work to get it it's that true. way. But if you just kind of like just tilt the pelvis a bit, just pop it, and there's your chop shop. Bam! Your taco kitchen's that. really refined. Woo-wee. Oh yeah! Look at that turbo diesel. Woo. Get her going. DNS in 20 minutes or less. A Calgary Heritage Moment. You probably know that many of Calgary's landmarks, roadways, and waterways have indigenous origins, and we've briefly discussed the origins of the name Deerfoot Trail before, but we haven't really delved into the history. Well, Deerfoot Trail is not, in fact, named after a literal foot of deer, but instead was named after the famous Seek Seek a Long Distance runner, Deerfoot Badmeat. His real name was Abi Kais, which literally translates to scabby dried meat, but as he became more famous, his promoters came up with the more marketable nickname of Deerfoot, and it stuck. Deerfoot Badmeat was born in 1864 on traditional Blackfoot territory, and he was the nephew of Big Chief Crowfoot, another name that may sound familiar. But by the time he was just 16, Deerfoot was an incredible long-distance runner and had a job as a messenger running messages for the Blackfoot Confederacy. He would literally run for days between what was then known as the Northwest Territories and Montana. From there, recognizing his own ability, he started competing in small local races and his skill did not go unnoticed. A gambling group out of Calgary called the Syndicate immediately took note of this young running phenom and approached him. They were looking for running champions that they could promote and, well, of course, gamble on. In his first race, Deerfoot beat out all the other professional runners and completed a 135-kilometer race in 16 hours. He continued to win every race he entered, including the very high-profile Dominion Day 1 mile race, which he won while simultaneously beating the world record. Many other gambling groups then came together to organize a race in Calgary that would show the world that the fastest runner was from Canada. They invited then-world-renowned runners J.W. Strokes of England and George Irvine of Winnipeg. Deerfoot absolutely embarrassed the two professional runners, beating them by over a lap to which the Englishman didn't take too kindly. Strokes was so embarrassed that he claimed Deerfoot had actually cheated. Another race was organized as a rematch, and Deerfoot, to prove his speed, let J.W. Strokes have a six-lap head start. Well, Deerfoot still beat him, finishing a 10-mile race in 54 minutes and 34 seconds. Deerfoot eventually became fed up with the corruption of the gambling groups that sponsored him, so he began running solo. His success varied, and Deerfoot died in 1847 of tuberculosis. He's buried in an unmarked grave in Calgary, and his legacy lives on in Deerfoot Trail in Deerfoot City, named in his honor. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment. You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Paired homes that keep your neighbor's noise on their side. Want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.